Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure. Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. I'm calling this day Finish the Damn Leftovers already. I don't know if anybody else has any turkey, any carcass, any leftover stuffing. Uh huh. My guests are nodding. At least one of them is nodding. Yes, I'm making turkey soup tonight with all the bones and what's left over, and it should be delicious because I'm in Tennessee and Bailey, it's going to be 28 degrees here tonight. So, I need to warm up the cockles of my heart with some soup. <laughs> so fun day. <laughs> now, everybody, yes, it's going to be really low. Now, I, I didn't prepare my guests for this, but we do this every week on Read My Lips, and I'm going to ask you to follow me in a little exercise. Leon is saying, what are you going to do to me now? Okay, make the letter L with your one hand. Make the letter L. Bailey, letter L. There you go. On the count of three, you're going to join me in saying at the same pace, one, two, three, hello, L, L, L. Here we go. One. Two, three. Hello, L, L, L. Jordan, I want you to mark that down. I think that was one of the best, most dramatic readings we've ever had here on Read My Lips. Leon and Bailey and Joseph, I haven't even told anybody who you are yet, but you're wonderful. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. She's been listening to the show almost every Monday night for about five or six years. And at 8.01 p.m. Eastern Time, Joseph and Bailey and Leon, she's going to send me a little report on what she enjoyed about your segment on the show. She's going to tell me who you were, what your quote was, and what she loved about your creativity. So be aware she is listening. I've been trying to move her, Bailey. I'm talking to you. I've been trying to move Laura to uh, a place that starts with L because she lives in Whitestone, which is in Queens, New York, near Long Island. And lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener from Whitestone. Leon knows it just doesn't go together. So yeah. I was trying to move her to London. I took up a fake GoFundMe. I, I really didn't want people to spend money on it, but it was a nice thought. And London was too hot and it was very expensive. And then here's what happened. I was looking to move myself to London about a year ago. And I looked at the map and Leon, I have this habit of tilting my head. I don't know if you know when you met me at a conference a couple weeks. I tilt my head once in a while and I was looking at the map and the N, the first N in London flipped upside down. And I ended up in Loudoun, Tennessee. You can all laugh now. So I'm here in Loudoun and I realized that's the L. So I'm going to try to move lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, to Loudoun, Tennessee. So she can join me. I think there's a house for sale down the block. Thrilled to have everybody here. It is the first Monday after Thanksgiving. And a, a notice to all of my listeners around the world, the show will be moving two hours earlier starting next week, the first Monday in December. It'll be in the promo. So... I get to have dinner at a reasonable time on Monday nights for the first time in many years. So I have a little bit of a poem here. You all know that I love to take the bios of my special guests every Monday night and send them to an AI LLM, large language model called ChatGPT, known around the world. And it is free so far. And it's pretty darn good. And I ask it to please write me a poem. Then I take the poem. Joseph, I want you to know this is not a pure AI poem. I edit it then. So it's a collaborative effort. And I'm going to read it. And when 
you hear your name, would you please just wave and smile at the audience? Okay, so here we go. It's finished the leftovers Monday, and this is just the preamble. We're making turkey and stuffing soup tonight, and here I am. So in the realm of creativity dancing bright, a.k.a. Radio Red, under the soft glow of night, welcomes three souls, game changers they be, a vibrant trio, a creativity spree. Bailey Erith, Bailey wave hello, a muse of many a trade, in fibers and verses her talents cascade. Mixed media dreams from fabric takes form, a poet vocalist in the creative storm. Through Bailey fiber art her magic takes flight, peace, harmony, joy, woven into each sight. Found objects transformed, a canvas anew, in the tapestry she weaves, a world to view. Did you like that, Bailey? I do. That, that's awesome. Okay, let's go to Joseph. Joseph Carabas stands tall. From trucker to scientist, his journeys enthrall. Patents many and wisdom in his world they reside. Now a writer, he's weaving tales far and wide. Mathematics, anthropology, a linguistic embrace in the tapestry of knowledge. Joseph finds his place. Retired from the hustle out of corporate life's sway in fiction's embrace. We'll find him today. Joseph, did you like? Good. Okay. Now we have Leon Conrad. Leon Conrad takes the stage, a storyteller, tutor with wisdom for every age. Music and words, his passions to pursue in the power of voices he finds value true. From the earliest tales, great lessons he learned on his quest to inspire accolades he has earned. Author, editor, guiding, guiding young minds in creativity space, Leon's spirit aligns. What do you think, Leon? Not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Okay. I love your bit. Thank you God, very much. Your made the difference. Here we go. So tune in, dear listeners. Buckle up real tight for AKA Radio Red's special delight tonight. Read My Lips Ride, a journey so grand, the storytelling of creativity sweeping our land. Set down your phone, let multitasking subside, and the lively show tonight is a bona fide. Meet Bailey, meet Joseph and Leon, who all know on Read My Lips live streaming insights will flow. What do you think? We get a thumbs up there. Joseph gave me a thumbs up. Bailey likes it. Leon, you're going to ride along with us? There you go. Okay. Now it's time. I have a quick question. Is anybody here a Sagittarius? Sagittarius just started. Does anybody want to be an honorary Sagittarius? What do you think? Maybe? If I told you a little bit, maybe, Joseph, I'm looking at you. I got my screen cleared. Here we go. Uh, Sagittarius, a fire sign. It's the ninth sign of the zodiac, represented by the archer symbol, nicknamed the traveler. They love to, there you go, explore the world and find out about new ideas and cultures. I think that describes all of you, right? Finding out about new ideas and cultures. Sagittarius natives, like their zodiac sign, have a vibrant character. I think you're all vibrant. Obviously tied to the archer's twofold personalities. Outgoing, cheerful who draw admiration and admiration from everyone who comes into contact with them. Faithful, intelligent, forceful, and sympathetic. They're one of a kind, gifted, and wise beyond their years. Do you all feel like you'd like to be an honorary Sagittarius? What do you think, Joseph? Are you tempted? Bailey, you think? Sure, sure. Leon, what do you think? Are we? I'll pretty, take it on as a mantle. You'll take Why it. Not? Okay, the only cons, I gave you all the pros, enthusiastic, confident, outgoing, good leaders, generous, honest, truthful, strong sense of right and wrong. And now we get to the cons. They're fickle. They're impatient. They lose interest easily if a task takes too long. They don't like to be bored. And they require a job that's interesting, exciting, and different each day. Now who still wants to be a Sagittarius? <laughs> not so. 
not so sure. Okay, I'm going to tell you the recommended careers. Architect, teacher, travel agent, hospitality worker, that's tourism, hotels, restaurants, entrepreneur, I think you all are, missionary, coach, personal trainer, translator, and salesperson. Okay, I'm going to read you a couple of famous Sagittarians, and then you'll decide. Taylor Swift. On top of the world of rock, right? Nicki Minaj, Jay-Z, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, Brad Pitt, Zoe Kravitz, Billy Eilish, Jake Gyllenhaal, Scarlett Johansson, Rita Marino, Ben Stiller, Julianne Moore, Samuel L. Jackson, Jonah Hill, Mark Ruffalo, and a gentleman named Jin from the band BTS. Who wants to be an honorary Sagittarius? Joseph, you still with me? Okay, Bailey, what do you think? For a while. For a while, just for the show. We only just have uh, okay. 40, 47 minutes left. Leon, you're with us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Can I have Blake's fourfold vision bow, though? <laughs> you can have whatever you want. Sure. Let's go to, I'd like you to each introduce yourselves. I just gave a little tiny snippet of who you really are. Bailey Earth, I'm putting you up first, and I would like you to... I'm putting you on speaker view, and I'd like you to tell us more about who you are, what you do, aside from the lovely poem I wrote for you. So, Bailey, tell everybody three minutes. We want to know what's your origin story. That's a popular way of putting it. Bailey, okay. welcome. Uh, I'm Bailey Arith, and I am a mixed media fiber artist, which means that I primarily work with fabric and yarns and uh, create on found objects and rocks and things that I find around. I um, am also a a poet, and I just finished my uh, newest book, Musings on Life, uh, where I did all the um, illustrations, which are uh, hand-drawn pen and ink mandalas, as well as the fiber art that's on the cover. Uh, I sing. I, I uh, sit in with uh, several bands around the, the Knoxville area. Um, my background is in occupational therapy, and so that's how I come to my art and my poetry as being mindful and zen and um, peaceful and um, therapeutic. So um, I have been teaching in um, Appalachia for 20 some odd years uh, doing artists in residencies with uh, K-12 up in the hollers. And um, that's, that's pretty much scratches the surface anyways. <laughs> I'm sure. Bailey, quick question. When did you decide to, I'm going to loosely say, become an artist? When did that thing bite you? Were you two-year-old or five-year-old? Was it a teacher, a parent, a museum? What, what bit you in the creativity? I have just always, I grew up in a household where if you wanted something, you made it. And if you bought something, you adapted it to make it your own. And so that was just always the way things were. And that's why I got into occupational therapy, because historically it is a profession that is based in art and uses art to uh, help rehab people. And, um, and so I did that and then morphed into actually being a professional full-time artist. Thank you very much. That's what we wanted to know. Origins. Let's go to Joseph Carabas. Joseph, happy to have you here. I know you were referred to me by somebody who was on one of my shows. 
I'll, I'll find it in my notes. Happy to see you. Joseph, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you kindly give us who you are and how do you come to creativity? Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to be with these wonderful people as guests. I look forward to hearing their stories. Uh, a little bit about me. This much. There you go. That's a little bit. Um, I, um, I made a big mistake in the early 90s of creating a technology literally in my basement got patents on it, and ended up having a company that went around the globe. Never do that. Whatever you do, never have a company that's successful. It's exhausting. I don't care what anybody says. It's exhausting. Anyway, uh, the company went around the globe, and after 20, 25 years of doing that, my beloved wife, Susan, and I, who we co-ran the company, she ran the company. We've just basically said, we're done. We're out of it. And she said, you know, I've never seen you happier than when you write your fiction. So I want you to write your books the rest of your life. And I went, dang, why? Oh, come on. No. So that's what I'm doing. Um, in my life, I'm one of those people, just so you'll all know, who could never get a college degree, ended up getting patents, ended up writing textbooks that were adopted worldwide and taught at the university level. So you see, I'm one of those amazing idiots that you hear about. Couldn't get a degree, couldn't hack it, never stayed in school. I, you know, I attempted three times and none of them stuck. But I was able to teach myself the things I needed to know to do what I had to do. So that's me. And now I write for a living. I write full time. I'm a full time author. At least that's what it says in my royalty checks. Yeah. And you should all read my books. Um, are you self-published, Joseph, or do you have a, a traditional publisher? My first books were self-published. Then I went the publishing route. I found a bunch of publishers who were foolish enough to take me on. And most recently, because I was very unsatisfied with the publishing industry, and I, I could not find anyone, professional author, who was being traditionally published, who was happy and satisfied, I said... Well, okay, I have 20 years of business experience. Uh, can I contact my friends from my old business days and say, I'd like to start a publishing company. Would you be interested in helping me? And the first question was, who's going to run it? And I said, Susan and myself. And they said, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll be involved. So I started a publishing company. Uh, my book's coming out through them. It's, it's an actual company. It's not, well, it is me in my office, but it's also... We have an artist in Massachusetts. We have an artist in uh, uh, London, outside of London. We have editors in um, uh, Portland, Oregon, and California. We have voiceover artists. So it's an actual company. People get paid. My pockets get drained. That's what's supposed to happen. However, now this is exciting. For those of you who are wondering, this is exciting. We had our first almost profitable month we were so close <laughs> i mean really that's pretty good in less than a year to have a profitable month that is good that's really something anything else you want to know my dear that that's it my dear thank you and by the way you came to me through the good graces of our mutual acquaintance dale phillips who is an author yes who has, was introduced to me i think by eddie vincent and uh, leon conrad knows eddie vincent who has in circle publishing 
Eddie is the president of the IPNE, and he invited me to attend the conference. That's where I met I met Leon. So it, the circle gets bigger and bigger and goes round and round. Thank you very much. And uh, Bailey, you came to me through Arlene Anderson, who right. was on one of my shows. This show was off air. I did it locally. Read my lips for for Teleco, where which is where I live. And Arlene is coming on the show, I think, in a couple of weeks, and she referred you to me. So we're going around the table. One more stop. Leon Conrad, bring that wonderful accent. I'm allowed to say that because it's my show. Leon, I'm putting you on speaker view. We want to hear all about you. Go ahead and officially welcome to Read My Lips, Leon. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. The story of my encounter with creativity starts when I was, oh, in junior school. I was living in Alexandria, Egypt at the time, and I was a member of one of the rowdiest classes in that school. It was a reputation that every member of that class was very proud of. And we were preparing for the least favorite lesson of our day, maths. <laughs> until we realized the maths teacher was off sick. There was a bug going around school. A lot of teachers were off and we had no maths. Yay! Well, we did feel a bit sorry for the teacher, even though we didn't like him, but no maths. Yay! And that meant we ran riot. There were paper pellets all over the classroom, loud noises until a cleaner came in. A cleaner we knew. She was a middle-aged woman with a hijab around her face, an Islamic headdress. And she'd come in because the headmaster, who knew every member of his staff in the school, knew that she was probably the only person in that school that day with a shortage of cheaters who could keep this rowdy class under a spell. And she said, calm down. Would you like to hear a story? Well, that got our attention. And when she asked, what would you like to hear the story about? We sat down, hands went up all over the room, and she picked three or four ideas randomly and spun a story from a living tradition of the Arabian Nights. 45 minutes later, she left us just before the bell rang on a cliffhanger. This woman was good. And I sat there, and I can't remember the story, but I can remember sitting there thinking, I want to know how to do that. That is real power. It took me 40 years. I found a Jewish storyteller who is, as far as we know, the last living exponent of a storytelling tradition that was thriving, but ended in the 40s after the Holocaust. And I was lucky enough to study with her. That and many other things have led me to do storytelling, performance poetry. I have a background in wanting to find enchantment in the oddest of places, in the intersections between fiber threads in a woven piece of fabric, for instance, or in the spaces between words on a printed page, or even in the silence from which words arise. Leon, that was lovely. That was quite an origin story. Thank you very much. You wove the spell, didn't he, Joseph? Didn't he, Bailey? 
You had us wondering where were you going when this woman walked into the classroom. That was lovely, Leon. Very nicely done. Thank you very much. Let me take a deep breath. I get such interesting people. I invite such interesting people on the show, but I never really know who my guests are until you speak, until you relate who you are in your own words and your emotions. I did this show for many, many years on the phone. And in 2019, I moved all my radio shows to Zoom. And what I love about it is I like watching you speak. I like watching you think. I like watching the emotions on your face because the faces tell me a story as well. Right, Joseph? Right, Leon? Right, Bailey? They tell me who you are and how you feel about who you are. And this, the creativity stories you share come to life when I watch you tell them. So thank you very much. You can see me smiling. So let's move on. This is I get very emotional on the show because so many types of creativity come out. I had a guest a couple months ago who talked about courageous creativity. Can you imagine that? To be and somebody else talked about curiosity creativity. And every week I have to come up with a new name, a new title for the show. And in honor of all of you, I'm calling this the storytelling of creativity. Because you all, sometimes I have to pick, I, Leon likes that, I have to pick one word for the title that relates to one that stands out, but you all are storytellers. So thank you. So you inspired me. Let's go to the opening quotes. I've asked you each to send me a fictional quote from a movie or a TV character or a song lyric. And I'm going to read the quote with a little bit of trivia background. I did the research and I'd like you to relate it to your own creativity. So Bailey Erith. You have picked a quote from Northern Exposure, the comedy drama TV series that ran from 1990 to 95. And this episode aired on February 3rd, 1992. The character played by John Corbett, who has surfaced in a lot of other shows, the character is called Chris Stevens. And uh, just a little about it. Uh, about the eccentric residents of a fictional small town in Alaska. It's a primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Drama Series. It won a whole bunch of arts Emmys, Golden Globes, everything. John Leonard, the critic, said this was the best of the best television in the past 10 years, and that goes back a while. It's about New York City native Joel Fleischman, played by the lovely and wonderful Rob Morrow. He's a recently graduated MD. They send him up to Anchorage as a GP in a little tiny town called Sicily because he's got to pay back New York State for underwriting his medical education. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. And the show was just going to be about him, and then it started about the other residents. So here's what Chris says. The first thing I learned, folks, this is absolutely key. It's not the thing you fling. It's the fling itself. Let's fling something, Sicily. There's a poem in there, Bailey, and Bailey runs with Sicily, and we're off and running. Bailey, tell me, how did you pick this one? Go ahead. Well, I love Northern Exposure. I love smart comedy. I love uh, anything that references psychology and has quirky townspeople. So that show is is top on my favorites list. I. I, that quote has always stuck with me because that's how I live my life. It's It doesn't matter what you fling. And so it, that could mean as far as it doesn't matter what art materials you use. Um, like I said, I like to use on any given day, I might use fabric, I might use yarn, I might be cutting rocks, I might be uh, playing with rust. Um, the other day, I made a, a book out of uh, rubberized 
yard fencing that I found on the curb. So it, it just doesn't matter what your art supply is as long as you're being creative. Um, even and and I live creatively. So even if I'm out for a walk, I'm I'm I've got a whole. A series that I'm doing called Squaring a Circle, which is filling a circle in a in a square um, frame. And so I will take photos after photos, which just allows you to be quiet and aware and to see what's there and, and to enjoy it. Uh, but it could also mean and does also mean in my life, if I'm solving a problem, if I'm solving a problem, I'm coming at it creatively and I'm using the same skills. So it doesn't matter what you fling. It's it's that you you act creatively, that you you it's the fling itself. Thank you, Bailey. I'm thinking of the word of the phrase aware creativity that you said, or some people might say conscious creativity, but I like aware. What I didn't read before you did the quote was I didn't read who the character was, so forgive me. Chris Stevens is a philosophical free spirit and ex-convict who works as the DJ at Sicily, Alaska's KBHR 570 AM radio. He quotes, quotes Walt Whitman Young and Dostoevsky on the air in Chris in the Morning Show. He spins an off-the-wall musical mix from jazz to show tunes to rock and roll and running commentary on the offbeat things going on. He's also the town's minister. Woohoo! What a character. <laughs> okay. Man of all seasons and all reasons. Thank you, Bailey. Love the quote and appreciate how you related it. Let's go to Joseph Carabas. Joseph has picked a quote. Oh, classic, an iconic one. The Wizard, played by Frank Morgan, 1939 musical fantasy. Of course, we're talking The Wizard of Oz, produced by MGM. And one of the greatest, I'll read a couple of accolades here, Joseph, is considered one of the greatest films of all time, an American pop culture icon, the most commercially successful adaptation of L. Frank Baum's 1900 children's fantasy novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. The Library of Congress says it's the most seen film in movie history and the British Film Institute's 2005 Top 10. It made the 50 films to be seen by age 14. And I don't you know, know if you know, but Victor Fleming was supposed to direct it and Gone with the Wind was in trouble. So he left to go direct Gone with the Wind. We're talking Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bulger, Jack Haley, Burt Lahr, Margaret Hamilton, and there you go. It didn't make a profit until they re-released it years later. It was the most expensive production MGM had at that time, 1939. Here's the quote. Love this one. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Oh, Joseph, what are you going to do? With Bailey loves this. What are you going to do with this one? Joseph, go ahead. I think it's important to remember that the magic is what's important, not the person wielding the magic. And when I published, or when my first trade technical book was published back in 1986, 87, um, the, the quote that I had in there was, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Because I didn't want people to think, oh, you know, this guy's brilliant. No, no this guy just works really hard at it. So that's what it's all about. It's about enjoying the magic, enjoying the wonder, giving yourself the freedom to go, wow, that was great. And, you know, well, how, you know, how did that come? What's, you know, what pedals was he pushing? When you listen to Bach played on a grand organ, yes, you can, if you want, actually see what is being, how it's being played, the keyboards, the manuals and the pedal boards. But my God, just stand there in front of those pipes 
and feel those 30, those 64 foot diapasons rumbling through you. Yeah. See, Leon's going, yeah, right. Um, you know, and, and so that's, that's where that quote is and how it plays in my life. I always want people to enjoy the magic, to believe in their imagination, to enjoy what their imagination can do for them. Facts are wonderful, but without imagination, facts get us to the stars. Imagination is what gets us beyond the stars. That's and one thing. Lovely. Go ahead. One thing. Um, I loved Northern Exposure. And there was one episode where John Corbett, who was an amazing, amazing actor and Broadway singer, sang in the episode. He sang to his girlfriend. I forgot her name. If you've never had the opportunity to hear him on Broadway or in a movie, find something. Find 1776, the original uh, film adaptation, and listen to his rum. Oh, my God. Talk Thank about a 64-foot diapason. Thank you, you very much. Very interesting. John Corbett, they brought him back for the, the uh, subsequent film, the, the TV show, After Sex in the City, was And Just Like That. And he mm. returned as SJP's... Carrie Bradshaw's boyfriend and all kinds of complications ensue and he's got children on a farm and blah, blah, blah. But a, a lot of uh, critiques of him coming back, but I thought he still looked pretty good. So I didn't hear him sing on that one. Thank you very much. Leon Conrad has picked another very iconic quote. It actually was said by General Jan Dodonna, played by Alex McCrindle. Star Wars episode Ivy, that's four, A New Hope, 1977 epic space opera film. I never figured out what a space opera was, but I'm sure everybody knows. Star Wars written and directed, of course, by George Lucas. Lucas Films, distributed by 20th Century Fox. This was the first film in the Star Wars series in the fourth chronological chapter of the Skywalker saga set a long time ago in a fictional universe where the galaxy is ruled by the tyrannical galactic empire, focusing on the rebel alliance of freedom fighters who aim to destroy the empire's newest weapon, the Death Star. This quote, Leon, is usually attributed, of course, to Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Jedi master at the heart of the original Star Wars movie. The phrase was, however, first spoken by the minor character General Jan Dodonna as he dismisses the rebel troops before their siege of the guest of the Death Star. Here's the quote. Everybody get ready. Six words. May the force be with you. Iconic. Leon, what does this have to do with your creativity? Can't wait. Go ahead. Well, in many ways, it's very similar to what Bailey and Joseph have remarked on with one difference. There is no man behind the curtain. There is no flinger doing the flinging. With the force, you're just channeling the mystery of, well, uh, Lucas was inspired by Zen Buddhism, uh, there is an ineffable force that lies behind all life, all story. I refer in my own uh, work to a project to do with all aspects of story structure and analyzing story structure, which I call the Unknown Storyteller Project, because actually we'll never know what makes story story. But Boy, is it fun to try to find out more about story. Very, very interesting. I'll I'll tell you a little sidebar here. I started writing a scathingly satirical uh, quasi-murder mystery. I have to use a pen name because if people know I wrote it, they would come after me and I wouldn't be able to do radio anymore one way or the other. And I've been having so much fun writing it 
It's up to about 26,000 words. So it's a novella. I'm not going to get to a 300-page book. I don't want to. It's in my own style, very unusual, very interesting style. I'll tell you all about it later on. I won't tell you the title. But what's, what's interesting is I'm getting stuck because I'm having too much fun writing it, and I forgot to finish the, the denouement after the so-called murder. It's just a little tiny piece. So I'm putting in the book. If you really want to get to the murder, go to page 43 or something like that, because there's so much set up that it's very much breaking the fourth wall. But on a whim the other day, because I'm doing a lot of shows on my business radio show called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now on Artificial Intelligence. So on a whim, I put a couple of prompts into ChatGPT about two days ago, and I said, why don't you start off, uh, outline a murder mystery for me, a satire, and I gave it some of the background. In one hour, it had written 6,000 words worth of world outlines, character development. I collaborated, and I said, no, I want these last names. How about let's get the suspects on the list, and it put in a set of suspects for me. And then I said, what about the cop and the woman who found the body? And it played with me, and we co-wrote it. Chat GPT and I for an hour and a half, and it ended up about a half of what would be a beautiful book. And I was amazed at how fast it worked. Just, just saying, just very interesting. I was amazed at its ability to tell, to weave a story, Leon. And it was right there with me. But I would say, no, let's change the name. Let's, but how about this? Or how? It said, okay. And then it would take that turn and veer in that direction where I wanted it to go. So it wasn't just me saying, okay, artificial intelligence, write a book for me. I said, let's do it together. Very, very in an interesting exercise. On that note, thank you all for the quotes. I love them. And I have to tell my viewers, my listeners, and, and just as a full disclaimer, my guests do not know each other before they met here today about uh, 38, 42 minutes ago. They did not collaborate on picking their quotes or what's coming up, the creativity statements. They just accepted my invitation one way or another, and I asked them to send a quote, send a bio, and some creativity statements. And what I love, Joseph and Leon and Bailey, is there's always a thread. When we're talking about creativity, there's always something common that weaves all of my guests together, and it makes me feel really happy. So here we go. I'm going to pick a statement from each of you, and I'm going to read it. I have one from Bailey, and Bailey, I want you to unpack it if Leon or Joseph has anything to say. Gentlemen, I've given you the instructions. Wiggle one of your nice fingers at me, and I'll call you, and you can get a minute or two to come, and then I'll pick a statement from Joseph. I'll pick one from Leon, and let's see how much time we have left. We've got a lot to talk about. So Bailey says, creativity means having an open mind to what is possible, both in the studio and in life. And here's the kicker. I did, I've never heard this before. Bailey says, I do not name items. I only identify them by color, shape, and attributes. I'm able to be open to the possibilities for their use. I've never heard that before, Bailey. So why don't you fill us in? Unpack it, please. Go ahead. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, like I had said earlier, I just... Uh, made a book out of fencing. I was teaching a class on bookmaking and I was walking through my neighborhood getting my doing my morning constitutional and somebody had cleaned out their garden and left a roll of of this rubberized fencing on the curb and because my mind was already thinking books I went oh well that could be pages of a book and so I drug the thing home as I do and um, all the neighbors know I drag things home and um, made this amazing book and I'm just thrilled with it 
I, uh, I don't name things. And I think, I think, I mean, the way I process things, like I, for example, I had a friend's, friends will always give me an either or, should I do A or should I do B? I always find C and D and say, well, gosh, you know, why don't you just do put I combine them and I mix and I match and and I, I don't see the world as black and white it's all it's all shades of gray it's all nuanced so um yeah I I just like to um it's so much easier to not name something because the minute you look at something and just call it trash or call it um fencing well then you've got to back away from that to see what it could be. So if you just start with, oh, it's got properties that that it's flexible, that could be like the pages of a book. I can sew through it. Oh, well, that would lend itself to this and that. And then you're just, you've, you've eliminated a lot of work. And you've so opened, I, up, opened up a lot of possibilities and absolutely. a lot of joy, I think, yes. I, I was doing collages. I've got about 300 paintings here that I've done in about five years, but I went from watercolors to paint pouring acrylics. I add glitter. I collect anything, barely if it's a or candy wrapper, if it's the netting that a bag of miniature potatoes, little potatoes come in. I clip it carefully and I put it in a box in my art studio and I have boxes of findings and things. I keep tissue paper from somebody sends me oranges or apples or pears as a, as a year-end gift, and they come in those nice little green tissue papers. I drizzle paint over them and make my own collage papers and save I'll be them. right over. We can play. I think we will. <laughs> and, and, just, and I've started to do AI art. And before we finish, I'll show you all what I'm doing. But I create something in what I call night. I use Night Cafe Studio. I don't use Mid Mid Journey, which everybody's using. And uh, I'll tell it what I want with the text prompts. When I get something I like, I'll print it out on clear eight and a half by eleven film. You know, film we used to use for AV slides. And then I run down the hall to my art studio and I slap it down on a piece of 12 by 12 white cardstock and I rub either my hand, the back of my hand or a spatula or a roller over the back and transfer what's left of the ink, which is wet, onto this cardstock. What I get is an outline with a little bit of color. It's like a sketch. It's almost like a tracing, but it's got more. And then I bring out my paints and my glitters and everything, and I just go for it. And I've created a lot of those. I'll show you some of those before we finish because I've got them loaded here. Thank you, Bailey. Fascinating. Joseph Carabas. I'm going to go to statement number two for you. This is long. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I like where this is going, and you'll unpack it for me. Joseph says, my best writing occurs... Well, there's no place or time. I can't imagine not writing. No, I can't. I stop writing when my ego gets in the way of the story. Kind of, I want the story to go here. I want the story to go there. And I put up a hissy fit because I'm not getting my way. Childish, yes, but that's also part of it. I'm going to stop there. This is very interesting. The notion of ego getting in the way of where the story, does the story have a life? It wants to go on its own. Joseph, I think so. Joseph, talk to me. When I am in active composition mode, for lack of a better term, it's uh, it's what Mahali Csikszentmihalyi called a state of flow. I can't stop it. The hose is gone. It's running. Get out of the way. And uh, if I attempt to stop for something <clears throat> other than a necessity of life, a bathroom break, food, you know, I'm falling asleep as I'm typing, um, 
I get a very direct, no, 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 there's more here. There's more here. So for example, when I walk the dog, I have to have my phone or an audio recorder with me. I have an audio recorder beside me in bed with a notepad, just in case that audio recorder runs out of batteries. And it's constant. It's wonderfully constant. I am surrounded by some of the most in addition to the folks here, I'm surrounded by the most amazing characters, and I'm so fortunate that they allow me to populate my stories with them. So when my ego says, no, 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 you can't, no, no, I didn't want you to do that, they go, well, put the pen down, bucko, because you're not going anywhere else. And there I am. I just, okay, good, you know, I'm going to go watch TV. No, you're not. No, you won't enjoy anything you see. You want to sit down here and write. My ego is my enemy. And by the way, to Bailey, you rem- when you were talking about you reminded me of, I believe it's Wittgenstein, the limits of my language are the limits of my world. So, yeah, go for it. Like that. Interesting. And Joseph, you hit a, hit a nerve or a memory for me about... About eight years ago, I decided I wanted to write a romantic comedy play, but I had no idea about the format. So I Googled, how do you write a play? And I got I got a Word document, an outline, and the typeface, the size, how to do the spacing, uh, everything. And I it was basically Playwriting 101, and I copied and pasted it into a clean Word document, and I started at 1 o'clock in the morning. Three days later, 1 to 4 or 5 for three nights, my play was done. The characters emerged. They talked to me. They told me who they were, what their names were, what they looked like, what they liked, what they didn't like, what their families were. The dialogue poured out of me, Joseph. It was quite a ride. It was very interesting. I took the play. I went, I was producing and hosting uh, local TV at the time. I contacted friends in community theater and I said, how would you like to produce, help me put my play on? Several of them said yes. I had so many who said yes. I had two versions. I can send you all. I put it on my Vimeo channel. We had to edit it down to 28 minutes and 30 seconds because that was the, the slot I had on my TV show. Uh, it was a, a long time editing. It was like an eight-hour overnight, all night, just to get it down that far. My mother, who was alive at the time, played a little ditty that we used for the opening music. I asked her for some original music. And it was just quite an experience, but I'll never forget And I've never directed or coached people in acting before, but I knew, I knew who that woman was. And when the actress was interpreting, I said, I don't think you're there. Listen, listen to what this, uh, this character is saying. That's who she is. And I knew what the character wanted this actress to do. Interesting. And we use the same actress for both versions. And one, she had a red wig and the other had bought. Anyway, I'll send you both the versions on Vimeo and I think you'll enjoy them. So thank you for the memory. Very, very interesting. Anybody have any comments to say? Uh, yeah, Leon def- or Bailey? Definitely. Please, that, yeah. that, that is how I work with my art supplies because I never do the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. I work with the material. I don't have an idea in my head and go to the store with a grocery list and buy everything I need. I don't shop. I I work with what I find and I let it inspire me. And if I'm working on something and I've got a preconceived notion, oh, this is going to be a vessel and it's going to be two foot high and one foot wide. Well, 
if I force the materials to do that and that's not what they want to do, the, the piece will look strangulated. And so I have to let it do its own thing and it might want to be a garment and it might want to be some amorphic thing or it might want to have some holes in it that I stick branches in. But it, it wants to be what it wants to be. And I the minute I try to put my ego into it and try to control it, it, it will look perfect, but it will also look strangulated and it might as well have been manufactured by a machine. There you go. Interesting. Leon, any comments on that? Yeah, a couple. Yeah, I, um, I have a different approach. Mm -hmm. I'm not against naming things, but there is a tradition, the storytelling um, practice I've learned of saying this is not just a piece of railing. It is the magic hide of the last elephant on earth, which wants to be. And then the continuation of the sentence just presents itself. So it's playing with that space of reality and enchantment and that liminal boundary, which is semi-permeable where the two worlds meet. That, I think, for me, is where creativity lies. You've got to have your craft. You've got to know your words. You've got to know how they work. But then you've got to also know how to break the rules for the right reasons so that they don't limit you and your ego doesn't come in and you can allow the voice of the unknown storyteller to animate the work. That's when the real magic happens. Interesting. I love the ideas. The exchange of ideas, the sharing of ideas. That's that's why I love this show. It's a party. I told you all. I'm not interviewing anybody. We're just, just sharing. I'd like to move on to a statement from Leon. I'm picking number two. It's different from what we've been talking about. That's where you get a good breath and depth of, of approaches to creativity. Leon says, creativity is cathartic. Any creative act explored to the full has the potential to turn you inside out. Bailey's nodding. You can be a kid playing creatively with water or sand and feel so much better than you did when you started. You can feel troubled, engage in something creative and emerge transformed at the end. Leon, tell us more, please. This is interesting. Go ahead. Well, you create. And when you look at what you've created, you could think, meh, don't like that. But that's good because you've got an inner vision of what you want to realize. And that inner vision is a call, a call to transform yourself, to develop your skills, to realize what that vision wants you to become. It is the flinging and not the thing that is being flung. It is the being taken over by the magic and being prepared for that. You have to train, you have to gear up to it. And that can and turn you inside out. Talk to me about the cathartic part, though. When I think of cathartic, I think of healing. I think of not a panacea, but something, as you said, you could be troubled and be creative. You could be in some place and you could be transported. So how do you how do you define that catharsis, Leon? If you just give me another minute or so, that would be great. So Aristotle talks about catharsis in his work on the poetics, when he talks about tragedy being soul-cleansing. Mm. Tragedy makes us cry. It makes us go down into the depths of our being and weep. 
And we really we weep because we realize that something that shouldn't have been is we have to come to terms with that reality. Or something that is should not be. It sounds simple, but it is absolutely gut-wrenching when you realize that and admit it and stop denying it. It's the same with creativity. When you allow yourself to be taken over, I, I wrote a three-piece for Writing Magazine recently, earlier on this year, which was all about inspiration and invoking the muse. And the character that came to me wanted to be killed. Hmm. What was I going to do with that? And it took me a hell of a long time, excuse my language, to come to terms with what the character wanted and to find a way of doing that that I was happy with. And that process was cathartic. Thank you. Very interesting. Joseph, anything you want to say back to uh, Leon? Any? Nope. No, fascinating. Thank you Isn't for sharing. It? Isn't it? Yeah. Bailey, you good? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's uh, When I'm drawing my mandalas, I, I can do it and I'm in, in a stressful you know, life, whatever, something happened. And the hardest part I always say is just to get down and just to stop my daily things and go in my studio. But once I can go get there, I can sit, the, the day disappears. It just hours and hours disappear. And I come out so refreshed because I just was quiet and methodical and drawing my mandala. So absolutely, it is my life lifeline. It is a lifeline. I'll tell you, I joined something called the Writer's Digest. It's a loose poetry group of people probably from all over the world. And uh, we're right now in the middle of a PAD challenge. That's a poem a day. And one of the senior editors at Writer's Digest is named Robert Lee Brewer. And every morning, very early Eastern time, he puts up a prompt. Prompt could be write a write a poem about home, write a poem about appreciation, write a poem about something big or something small. That's called a two for Tuesday. Write a poem about introvert or extrovert. Write a poem about love or anti-love. Write a poem about a childhood object. Write a poem about, and he comes up with a different prompt every day. So we're writing every single day. And I'm one of the loyal poets who's on that site. It's free. And we use a site called Disc. D-I-S-Q dot U-S. It looks like discuss. You just enter your email and you become, and we comment. Thumbs up. Nobody puts a thumbs down. And we have a little space to comment on each other's poetry. I have made a group of friends. I will probably never, actually two of them revealed their names to me and they're coming on the show in a couple of weeks. That's very unusual. But my poems this week, and the reason I'm telling you this is sometimes we get so personal in our poems that I cry. I write about my mom, or I write about my dad. We're both gone. And it's very interesting, but I'm seeing this catharsis, Leon, in people writing about very deeply personal things. And three times in the past 10 days, my poems have been tied for the most popular, and it's not a contest at all. But the number of thumbs up you get, they tally this, and you click best. I don't know what best means. And I've been right up there. And people are writing notes to me. I go by Red on the site, and they say, Red, you brought back such memories, or Red, my mom was like that too, or Red, that's what we did on holidays, or Red, how did that date work out? Just fascinating to make friends over this catharsis 
the experience of writing a poem. And sometimes you write two or three or four a day and you post them. There's no limit. Some people write, I've gotten into limericks recently. I wrote a set of five limericks on one topic recently. I can read it to you after the show. And they're a blast. <laughs> I want to be the limerick queen. Anyway, we've got four minutes left and I was going to do a whole bunch of, of uh, birthdays, but I will tell you that Bill Nye, the science guy, is 68 today. Remember the science guy? Did you know, I don't know if anybody remember Bill Nye, the science guy from television? Yes. Well, did you know that he wrote books on algebra, on dinosaurs, on science and the ocean? And he was a sketch comedian. And he appeared on three episodes of the TV show called Numbers, where the E is backward three with David Krumholtz. Interesting. Uh, in, memor in memoriam, Jimi Hendrix was born today and he only lived 27 years. Iconic Guitarist, 1967, his psychedelic rock album, Are You Experienced, won seven Grammys. He's considered one of it's considered one of the greatest albums of all time in the rock. And you know how he started? You want to know Bailey? You'll never believe this. He made guitars from old brooms when he was a child because he couldn't afford a guitar. His first instrument was a one-string ukulele he found when he was cleaning trash from a woman's home. How about that? The police caught him joyriding in a stolen car twice. They gave him a choice. You go to prison or you join the military. Joined the army while training to be a paratrooper. He formed a band called The Casuals and was honorably discharged. Rolling Stone magazine named Jimi Hendrix the most important guitarist of all time. And Eric Clapton, his friend, was the most influential guitarist. Interesting. And I have two social media stars. That's all we have time for. Today is the birthday of a young man named Chris Smoove. S-M-O-O-V-E. He's 34. He plays, does gameplay videos of Call to Duty, Watchdogs, all that. He does voiceovers and hilarious commentary during the videos. And I hate to tell you this, but one of his videos has been seen 38 million times. Bailey has that for a fan club. But on YouTube, he only has 5 million subscribers. Leon, I, I knew that would get you. And then we have a young lady named Maddie Taylor, who's 21 today. She's a social media star. She's an actress and a model. And she dances and does lip sync videos about short experts, excerpts of her life. And she only has 2.6 million fans. And that's all we have time for. Uh, this day in 1995, the Beatles Anthology 1 set a first week record sales of 1.2 million copies. And on this day in 2000, the Beatles' number one album in America was a collection of 27 chart-topping hits titled One. That's all I've got time for. It's Cyber Shopping Monday. Who cares? Okay. It's time for us to say goodbye. Uh, anybody want to give a quick website? No, don't go away. we got a whole closing here. Anybody want to give a quick website where people can find you, Joseph? Website? JosephCarabas.com. C-A-R-R-A-B-I-S. Bailey, where can people find you? Uh, baileyfiberart.com and I just started a poetry Facebook page Haiku Queen. Thank you. Bailey is B-A-I-L-E-Y. Leon, where can people find you? leonconrad.com You can all spell that. Here we go. Listen up. Life is short. Break the rules. Don't be all. Forgive quickly. Eh. Kiss slowly. Definitely. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Laugh with me, the three of you. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> and never, ever, ever regret anything that made you smile. Final words. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else cares. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco and high heels on a four-mica tabletop in a high school cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon, everybody watched and I never fell. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing tonight. And love like you've never been hurt. We all have. Get over it. Heart will regenerate and regrow. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Don't go away. Everybody wave goodbye. Goodbye, LinkedIn. Goodbye, Facebook. Bye, Voice America. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. 
tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host AKA Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.